listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have on the show the one and only Simon Bedard, founder and CEO of Exit Advisory Group, to talk to us about shareholder agreements. This is part one of two with Simon and will also be part of a series which we'll do, which will focus on shareholder agreements. Now, shareholder agreements are not mandatory documents. You don't have to have one, but from our point of view, they are extraordinarily important documents. In this episode, Simon and I talked about why shareholder shareholder agreements can be a lifesaver when issues arise between two or more business owners. Be sure to check out the show notes for part two of our interview with Simon, where we talk about the importance of balancing commercial and legal aspects of shareholder agreements. And if you don't have one, why you should consider it a critical step in setting up a roadmap for your business. We also share some of Simon's stories about why it is absolutely essential for anyone in business to be able to rely on their shareholders' agreement. And if you happen to be in need of some help with shareholders' agreements, be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link to our commercial team who are offering a free 15-minute shareholder consultation. But anyway, for now, let's get into part one of the importance of shareholder agreements with Simon. Simon, thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast again. I love it when you're on the podcast. Just love chatting with you. Oh, my pleasure, Joe. Thanks for having me. Look, um, we have a lot of discussions from time to time. One of the things that we've talked about um, in many instances is issues for organisations who don't have shareholders agreements. And I know you have got some killer stories there. Um, and so I thought it'd be really good for us to, you know, talk about some of those stories today um, and then also talk about, you know, what are the ways that we can prevent some of these issues? Let's start um, just with super quick background um, for anyone who um, hasn't listened to the hundreds of episodes um, on our podcast here and may not know you um, yet. Just give us a, a quick background of, of who you are and what you do. Yeah, cool. So uh, founder and CEO of Exit Advisory Group, we're a boutique M&A firm. So basically we do business sales and acquisitions. Um, as a part of that, we also do a lot of advisory work. Um, I kind of liken our advisory work to, to, it's a bit like Google Maps, right? Um, everyone knows how to use Google Maps. They open the app. It tells you where you are today. You punch in where you want to go, and it gives you a couple of options on how to get there. Um, that's our advisory service. So, you know, where you are today is what your business is worth and why. Um, where you want to go is an exit plan, and that's really factoring in a lot of very personal things around, you know, who you are as the business owner. Uh, and then, of course, we get, give a couple of options on how do you get from point A to point B in your, in your business journey. 
I love it. I love it. I love that analogy. And I'm just sort of thinking, like, where's the, do you have real live traffic updates? Where's the analogy of the connection? <laughs> That's another podcast, right? Yeah, you need a dashboard <laughs> in your journey. So dashboard. you have the roadmap and lots of car analogies. So, yeah. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Okay, wonderful. And, of course, we're talking about shareholder agreements today. So so kick it off. Like, what what are some of the issues? And, and we've certainly had some issues that we've talked about where we've had um, sellers at exit have real issues in in exiting because they they haven't been on the same page. But maybe you take it away. Tell us some of those stories. Yeah, do you know, before I sort of get into any of the sort of ugly stories, I I want to go back to a conversation you and I had um, one afternoon about, you know, if you don't have a shareholders agreement, when is it appropriate? Because I, I think... You know, we've both been involved in startups, right? And so where you get involved with some friends or somebody you know, you feel pretty friendly with things. And it's like, well, should we have a shareholders agreement? You know, you and I are both big advocates for shareholders agreements, but when is the right sort of time? Because, hey, we're only just getting talking. We're only just getting started. This thing isn't worth anything yet. Um, do we still need a shareholders agreement? Um, and And so I think... There's this concept around shareholders agreements that the type of agreement you have and what you're trying to cover will vary based on the maturity of the business and how much value is actually involved. Um, and of course, the nature of the people being involved. Um, so, so to answer my own kind of question of do you need a shareholders agreement or that? Yes, you do. <laughs> um, it's just that it might be a little bit more simple. And so I'm going to give you an example at the moment is that um, I was chatting with some, some friends I know and people that were asking me this very same question. You know, Simon, should we have a shareholders agreement? You know, we're all chucking in five grand each. It doesn't really matter. It's not, we're not worried about it. Um, but should we have something? And so I basically was just sort of coaching them to say, look, at the moment when you're doing a startup, the question is, is there's so many questions. Will this actually turn into something that's worth money? Um, will we get to a year's time down the track and want to kill each other? Um, will everybody still be on the boat by the time we get to 12 months down the track? Because, you know, and Joe, you know this, right? You see lots of startups all the time, right? People have these wonderful ideas, they're motivated, passionate, and then they get a year in and they've, they've really hit the tough times. They're no longer getting the salaries they used to get. And, and sometimes people jump ship. And, and by the way, that's actually okay. That's fine if people jump ship. If them realizing that's not for them is, you know, better to discover that a year in and not three years in, right? So um, so what I was saying to these friends is that, you know, a basic shareholders agreement in the beginning would make sense because what it should just cover is how people can get out if they need to, you know? And, and one of the things I've suggested to them was, you know, the, just the option, if anybody in the first year wants to get out, put your hand up and we'll just give you your investment capital back. You know, like, I mean, it's five grand, right? Like you can find five, five grand between you, um, but you get out, There's that's it. You have no claim on anything else. Um, and, and also, by the way, if if four out of the five shareholders are not happy with the fifth, um, that they can come together and, you know, obviously try to talk things out. But if they're really not happy, what's the mechanism to say, listen, mate, it's not working out. We're going to give you your five grand and you're out. Well, and that's the thing, Simon, you, you know, I, and I feel that that is quite often the real crux of the issues that come up again and again. How do you get out someone that's not performing in the way that you expected from the, in the business? 
how do you get out of yeah. a relationship that's not working whilst preserving the value that you've created in, in the business yeah. or your rights within the, the value you've created? Yeah. That, that's where it comes in, don't you think? For sure, for sure. In fact, one of the clauses that we talked about was, um, in fact, if anybody wants to get out, this way it sort of overrode that one-year term, if anyone wants to get out prior to the business turning over a million dollars, you get your initial capital back and you're done. Because, frankly, like even turning over a million dollars, and that might sound like a lot of money to people, but for most startups, when that, that, uh, getting up to that first million in turnover, nobody's making lots of money out of that. In fact, nobody's made any money up until that point, typically. Like it's going towards expenses. They're reinvesting all the money. It's most, uh, most business owners who are listening to this and are done startups probably have said, are probably saying to themselves, yeah, I, I remember that. I didn't, wasn't taking out a huge salary. I was barely paying myself anything. So, you know, I think to that point, if somebody wants to jump out, you know, prior to it actually getting to a viable stage, um, that that really that there's not a lot in it for them to get out of it. You know, like you sort of get that initial five grand back and you're done. That's really was the was the message I gave these guys. Look, I complete I, I completely agree with you, and and you know I have lots of business interests. Some of them I'll have shareholders agreements. Some I won't. You know that that's the reality. And I absolutely 100% agree with you that it's not always appropriate to have this, you know, 30-page document. Sometimes they're 50 pages. I don't know, you know, depending on the complexity. 100% agree with you. The problem that I see, though, for business owners is this lack of, it's it's either lack of understanding about where that where that line is between, um, you know, a, a minimum viable product versus we're turning it into a real business and now we really need a shareholders agreement or that determinant of uh, there's higher risk, higher reward that is on the horizon, you know, or they just get so caught up in business. It's not that they're sitting there saying, oh, is now the t- right time or not? They're just not thinking about it because their eyes are so focused on the business. So, 100% agree that um, there can be a phase that's too early for the whole shebang. However, there is the one thing with shareholders agreements is um, is almost a checklist in terms of triggering the questions that you should be asking and, and talking about right in the beginning. Um, but the the second thing is how do we make sure that we are alert? to the point at which we really need to come on board and get a shareholders agreement. And in my view and the view of many advisors that I speak to uh, in relation to businesses, 80% of businesses miss the mark and don't have a shareholders agreement in place when they should. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And and, and I think a lot of it comes down to communication, right? It's, it's having multiple stakeholders who actually have different wishes, desires, you know, ultimate outcomes that they want and they're not communicating between each other. You know, when, when people start to diverge in their, their thinking around the business and where it should go, um, and they're not having these discussions to either realign or, or fundamentally make decisions to go in a different direction, um, that, that sort of can start with a small gap between them and then end up in quite a chasm, <laughs> you know, of death that people fall into at the wrong time. It's just, yeah. And, and look, you know, I'll give you an example, actually, because... Um, we did some work for some clients um, a couple of years back now, but um, three shareholders. Um, we started out all friends, been to uni together, done lots of stuff, you know, yay, let's go into business. Um, they're all very smart, successful people, and they built this company up and to, to the point where it was it was quite a valuable business. Um, turning over eight figures, you know, 
um, worth a solid seven figure sum. Um, so you know it was it was a, it was a good business by all by all accounts. The challenge was somewhere along that journey, two out of the three stakeholders married each other. <laughs> And so all of a sudden, the yeah, the whole dynamic changed. Yeah. yeah, so the third stakeholder just suddenly felt like the third wheel, and rightly so, right? It's um, now what was interesting was um, the third stakeholder had looked at their shareholders agreement. They actually had one, um, and guess what? The shareholders agreement had no clauses for people who wanted to exit. And so pretty much, they, you know, they're actually quite smart. They had a shareholders agreement. They had, they even had key man insurance in the back there in case one of them was um, massively injured or, or, or killed. Um, but there was nothing about an orderly exit. And so I, I actually still to this day recall that client saying to me, the only way I can get my money out of this business is if I die. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it was a pretty extreme comment. But that's, yeah, that, that's extreme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, he, he, they basically engaged us to, to be able to pull this apart a little bit and try to understand where the differences in opinions were and really be the catalyst for some changes that needed to come. And so, you know, ultimately it led to um, an update of the shareholders agreement and, 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 and a completely different discussion around what do you, as one of the three stakeholders, want out of this business? And uh, and it was quite, actually quite funny. You know, if you look at the spectrum of where people want to go, at one end, it's completely altruistic. We should give this business away to all of our employees and just do wonderful things with it and take no money. To we should be ruthless about this. This is an asset for us. This is our superannuation. We should be as commercial as we possibly can. Um, so it was really interesting. One, uh, two, two stakeholders, one were at each end of that spectrum and one guy was right in the middle. So it was like, wow, you guys couldn't make this a little bit more complicated, could you? So, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I think that is the – and we, we're essentially both saying the same thing here, that the opportunity with shareholders' agreements or whatever, the discussion around it, assists for asking the questions that they haven't thought to ask and helping to align their vision for the future. Um, and also I, f I feel gives a roadmap in terms of my personal viewpoint is dispute comes um, from wherever there's ambiguity. And so the absolute best course is to remove as much ambiguity as you can because then then in nine out of ten instances, then the disputes won't arise because you're on the same page. Yep, absolutely. Well, that's it for this episode of Talking Law. We hope you found this episode useful and insightful. And if you'd like more information about this topic, then head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au where you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode as well as any contact details and additional information that we refer to. And if you'd like to get in contact with our guest today and the services they offer, you can go ahead and check out our show notes for those details. And of course, if you're interested to talk to any of our lawyers about anything relating to this topic, then just head over to our website at www.aspectlegal.com au where you can book immediately a free 15-minute discussion with our legal eagles at any time that works for you. Of course, there's also a booking form in our show notes as well. And if you haven't yet, then please consider subscribing to Talking Law on your favorite podcast player to get a notification straight to your phone whenever a new episode is out. 
We'd also love to hear your feedback. So please leave us a review and rating if you're a subscriber or even if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time. Well, that's it. Thanks again for listening in. This has been Joanna Oki and Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Some of the most successful businesses I've worked with operate in a sale-ready state. Systems, processes and contracts all work together to lock in and maximise value as they grow. Yes, it's easier come exit time, but in the short to medium term, it also results in smoother operations and easier management for the business owners. If you'd like to know more about what you need in place to fortify your business and lock in value as you grow, check out my new book, Buy, Grow, Exit, which is the definitive guide on just that. It is available now to buy a copy or just check out our resources hub at buygrowexit.com.au, which of course we will also link to from this podcast show notes. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.